Hello, and welcome to the first 2019 edition of Bella Hutton's Curse. As always, I am your host, Steve Sutherland, alongside my co-host, Julian Amarante. And today, we're not coming to you live from the home base in Gatineau, Quebec. We are on location in good old Ottawa uh, at Julian's place today. Uh, so, Julian, uh, before we start, uh, how are your holidays? Holidays were really good. Spent it in the northwest of England. Probably what you would consider the beating heart of football right now. And I don't think I caught a whole half of football while I was there. <laughs> the first time in my life I could have actually, you know, like been able to kind of watch anything I wanted, talk football 24-7. And uh, it was a secondary subject, believe uh, it or not. Well, I was going to say you, you brought up, it was really interesting when we talked uh, after the holidays with some of the things you ran into. Uh, you wanted to see a match, but um, you weren't able to. Well, we uh, had planned to go see Morecambe uh, and uh, Carlisle United play in, I guess, what would be considered the fourth division or non-league football. And uh, there was a lot of threats of violence and hooliganism. And, uh, you know, it, it, we chose it to not go because it was simply not safe. And you said there was a there was a pub that you guys would go to, and there was a sign on the door that said no no football. So no football supporters. As a matter of fact, the pubs, a good chunk of them closed down, and a lot of them hired security. Which, yeah, I mean it's funny. I mean this is something perhaps maybe we can talk about at some other point. But one of the things that I I kind of figured is all of the old violence. All of the old kind of scores to be settled seem to have kind of moved out of the first division and into the lower divisions. There's still that kind of rivalry and sense of place. And it was really something to see. I was there in Morocco the day uh, of the match, and the supporters had basically flooded the cities. And you know what? There was only apparently as many as only 500, and that's it. That's that's that sounds incredible. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, football is alive and well in the UK, my friends. Well, and and speaking of football being alive and well, despite a team not performing well, you got the chance to watch a couple different Netflix documentaries that uh, that were recently released. You want to go into those a little bit? Yeah, on the way back, I'm really glad you brought that up because um, you know um, Netflix is really a bit of a wasteland. But uh, I watched two phenomenal documentaries. One of them was basically, I guess, a reality series. It's called Sunderland Till I Die. I I thought this was a fantastic expose of a team in crisis. Uh, not only a team in crisis, but also a, a team that not just uh, experienced perhaps what was one of the worst seasons I've ever seen, but also a, a place where football reigns supreme. Like, I mean, in Sunderland, uh, I cannot think of a football city that has a connection to its club the way Sunderland has. Well, I mean, sure, we you know we can have that discussion. I take that back. But you can see that football is very important. Uh, and uh, I, I highly recommend the series. I would love uh, to, to get some of the feedback from some of our listeners if they've watched it. I also watched uh, the documentary on Bobby Robson. And I've always been a big fan of Bobby Robson. But uh, now I am like totally a firm believer. Bobby Robson, in my opinion, epitomizes what football is all about. And I highly recommend people watch this documentary. Perfect. Uh, I haven't got the chance to watch it. I know you've been on my case a little bit to, to really get into that. 
the last thing I want to say before we really get into things, and I'll lay out how today's podcast is going to go. Um, big shout out to everybody who kept the Facebook group going and, and posting stuff. We really do appreciate it. Um, and the other side of that is uh, thank you to James Horncastle. Um, we are we were very surprised, but consider ourselves uh, very lucky that um, you know some maybe some of the big boys are starting to take a little bit of notice uh, of what we're doing here, and uh, and that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I felt uh, I I, uh, I was chuffed to see that he responded to one of my questions and tweets on on our on, on our Twitter feed. We only have fourteen followers, but uh, it seems that we caught the attention of one big guy. So uh, we must be doing something right, you know. Definitely. So uh, how today is going to go, it's a little different for uh, for those of you who have listened before. Um, we're actually going to start on the continent and finish with, with Europe. Um, so where we're going to start first is, uh, is in Syria. So Julian, take us away if you want to get into the standings a little bit here, although I'm pretty sure... No surprises. Nothing. I mean, we've kind of said this, you know, that Juventus is the team to watch. Um, Juventus is the team to beat. Uh, and uh, they're not going to be beaten. Uh, I, again, I'm going to go out and say the way this team looks, I, I see them as the front winner to win not only the, the league, which seems like a, a done deal, but I see them to win uh, the Champions League this year. Um, also, I mean, Inter, I mean, one of the most inconsistent clubs out there. They, they can't seem to kind of like string a real season together. They seem to have crapped out of the, the Champions League uh, at a time. And, of course, my beloved Milan is still trying to kind of find an identity. That's fair. Uh, I wanted to bring up Zlatan Ibrahimovic made some comments recently about Cristiano Ronaldo talking about how it was a challenge to move from Real Madrid to Juventus, a team that wins in Italy really easily. Um, and he said, if you if if Ronaldo really wanted the challenge, he would pick a club that's in the second division. Uh, your thoughts? I know you have thoughts on both of these players. Uh, what would your thoughts be on those comments? I think Zlatan needs to shut up sometimes. You know what I mean? Uh, look, he's not wrong though. Well, look, it, I mean, is it a, is it really a challenge to move to a team that so dominates? Now that being said, Ibrahimovic went to PSG and did the exact same thing. So, But I want to flip the coin here a bit. Um, I mean, well, why don't we look at how bad Real Madrid is doing? Uh, and I mean, you can see that Ronaldo, now you can see that Ronaldo's absence is deeply felt. You know, I've never been uh, uh, a number one touter of Ronaldo. I'm a messy guy, you know, but uh, if he wins the Champions League with Juventus, he will enter an elite status where he'll be a player that's won the Champions League with three different teams. So how many, we've, we've talked about Seydorf being one of those players as well. Oh my goodness, that's a tough one to remember. Maybe that's our trivia for, we'll, we'll send that question out to the listeners and, um, and that's our trivia question for you this week is uh, what other players have won. You can go, you know what, players or managers who yeah. have won the Champions League with, with three clubs. The other thing I want to bring up before we leave Syria. Uh, specifically, is uh, tomorrow is the Copa Italia final, uh, and it's between Juve, the yeah, the super, yeah, yeah, and it's being played between Juve and Milan, and it's being played in Saudi Arabia. Well, they've been doing that now for a couple of years. Uh, uh, I actually was fortunate enough to watch it once in Cuba between Napoli and Juventus, and I watched Napoli win that Super Cup. 
Um, it would be a real treat to see Milan take this trophy away from, from Juventus. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. Cup games always produce kind of you know, weird results. Um, the fact that they play this in, uh, in Saudi Arabia, well, this is, this is where football seems to be going. Okay? There were calls by many politicians across political parties in Italy to, to call this off after the, the Khashoggi killings. Yeah. So, but, I mean, money talks. And uh, this is the thing, and I, I really wish they wouldn't, but it's also too indicative of the fact that, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to be something that's prized in Italy as much. You know, the Coppa Italia is kind of like a, a tertiary competition. It's kind of an aside. Uh, it's not really taken serious until the teams kind of reach either the quarterfinals or the semifinals. And that's when people start to notice. It's, it, it's not as, shall we say, the League Cup in uh, the Copa del Rey in Spain or the FA Cup. In England, I mean, it doesn't have that kind of stature. It's it's kind of considered. I wouldn't even say a secondary uh, competition, a tertiary competition. But that being said, uh, the Super Cup. I mean, it's bragging rights, right? And it's a trophy, and trophies count. So you and you and me both agree on this. Yeah, I'll be uh, checking the scores between at coffee breaks at work, and uh, hopefully my team will come out on top on this one. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. Anytime. You, you know, we always say anytime Real Madrid loses, it's, and it's it's good for football. But I think maybe a few they loses this one. Well, It'll be good for Italian football, especially. It was interesting today. I had a I had a chat with the tech at work uh, who is from uh, São Paulo, Brazil, and we started to talk about uh, how hated Corinthians is by uh, by, by, by well, their fans love Corinthians, but the rest of the country hates Corinthians. And I says, well, that's, that's the deal with, with Juventus in Italy. Their fans are crazy about them, but the rest of the country kind of hates them too. So, uh, but you know, uh, I look at it this way. When the underdog wins in football, it's always good for football. You know, I think that's fair. Uh, we're going to move on to La Liga now. Um, in La Liga standings looking pretty much the same. Madrid has bumped Alaves to, to fourth only uh, by virtue of a single point. Uh, Barcelona with a five-point lead at the top right now. Leo Messi scoring his 400th league goal this past weekend. Thoughts? Well, I mean, nothing surprising there. I mean, if I have any thoughts on uh, on La Liga, it's uh, how Sevilla has kind of just kind of tapered off. Uh, I don't think uh, I, I don't think uh, it's. We're going to have a new champion this year in Spain. Uh, however, um, there seems to be a little bit of inconsistency in Barcelona. I mean, they dropped uh, points just to Levante, I believe. Uh, or yeah, was it? I, so. No, they beat Ibar just the other day. Uh, that was the 400th goal. Uh, Real Madrid just looks ordinary. They do, I mean, everybody is waiting for them, you know, the Champions League, that they're going to kick it up a gear, that they're going to kick it up a gear. Uh, and it doesn't look like the, 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 that is happening. And, uh, I mean, just recently, uh, uh, Santiago Solari actually came out and said uh, to the chagrin of almost all Madrid fans, I mean, it became front page news that I think they had tied a match and he says, you people don't understand how important ties are. And that's a no-no in Madrid. So uh, I think the question is, who's going to coach them next year? And I think we have some some very intriguing options for them. Mourinho being out of a job. Puck could Puck end up there. Could end up there. Uh, who else? Uh, there was there was talk uh, about uh, uh, um, 
what's his name, the coach Kike uh, for uh, for uh, Batiste, but he wants the Barca job. But I mean, the league the league looks ordinary. I mean, Atletico is still keeping in there with a with a shout, uh, and there's even rumors that uh, he may end up going to your club, uh, uh, Mr. Simeone. I was surprised to see that Inter managed to uh, pip. Um, oh my God, the defender uh, from Uruguay. His name escapes me at the moment. For uh, for uh, uh, Atlético. Oh, now we're both. I don't know why we're both blanking. Clearly, we're a little bit out of practice, <laughs> yeah. everybody. Ah, um, uh, good. Godin. Yeah. Godin. I would be surprised. So I wasn't sure if that deal had actually been fully agreed yet or not. It looks like it's it's in its stages. Uh, a lot of people thought he was going to move in January, but it looks like he's probably going to move at the end of the year. Now, before we move on to uh, Ligue 1, I have to ask, seeing as Messi has scored 400 league goals now, if you had to pick one goal that Messi has scored in his career, I won't even stick you to the league on this one. I'll let you pick any goal that stands out in your mind that Messi has scored. Which would you pick? I won't go with a goal, but I'm going to go with a performance. The performance against Arsenal about eight years ago in the Champions League, when he single-handedly destroyed them by himself, uh, that was uh, tremendous. There was also the game uh, where he came on as an 18-year-old against uh, Real Madrid and also just kind of like just ripped Real Madrid apart that, that game. Um, they're all beautiful. Well, if I had to say, if I had to pick a league goal, it would be the goal after the celebration where he holds up the, the shirt, shirt to the yeah. burn, like at the Bernabeu. That was that was a great league goal, but I have to pick two Champions League goals. Um, although I'll give you one more league goal first. The one where he dances through like five different players and then yeah. kick, hits the ball short side. And I think that was against Bilbao, but I don't, I can't recall for sure. Yeah, maybe the, I actually I would have thought Espanol, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure either. But I'll give you two Champions League goals. The first one is the one that he scores against Bayern, where he puts Boateng just oh yes flat that's down. A, that's unbelievable. Yeah. But the second one. And you'll be very surprised to hear of Messi scoring a header. But the header in the Champions League final against Manchester United. When he's waiting, he's kind of like, almost kind of like, yeah, flying backwards. And he's kind of like, he has to lean his head back to get the ball. Yeah, that is, that's an incredible goal. Yes. Yes, I remember that one well. Um, the last thing I want to put out there, Alaves, hopefully they can stay in fifth. A club of that size, being able to even play in Europe will be... Uh, absolutely fantastic for them and their fans next year. Uh, moving on to Liga, no surprises there. PSG is leading by 13 points. Um, other than that, the table looks fairly ordinary, though Marseille down in ninth uh, right now. So Yeah, and there's big cries for Rudy Garcia's head. Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 those fans are crazy in Marseille. They demand quite a high standard. Um, Ligon just doesn't uh, interest me that much anymore. But you know what does interest me about French football is the fact that in the Cups, as we know, anybody can beat anybody. PSG giving up two penalties in the last 10 minutes uh, to lose to Guingamp uh, in the... the, I don't even know what the name of the French Cup is off the top of my head. But uh, they lost in the Cup. So PSG is out. Makes them look right for the picking, possibly, in the Champions League... uh, not so much in the league. They've already run away with it, but very much showed that there are issues that can be exploited by a team that's willing to play against them. 
I've always maintained this about PSG's current status. They look to me like they're brittle. And they look to me like if they get pushed around, okay, that they're going to get beat. And I think like, you're right. I think they're, you know, if this would have been a month ago with Mourinho there, I was basically thinking, you know, this is this is going to be an easy easy two legs for, for Paris Saint-Germain. But now with Manchester United's form and this result, uh, they look very vulnerable, and uh, I, 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 I don't see. Uh, well, I mean, I don't see them losing league on. That's for sure. But I definitely uh, uh, see them as being yeah, easy pickings right now to be knocked out of the Champions League. Yeah. Quite frankly, based on their their performance in uh, the group stage, I think they're very fortunate to, to be where they are. To be quite frank, uh, frank about that, uh, I, I'm not impressed by PSG. I know a lot of people, you know, are on the Mbappe train. Well, and, I think great individual talents, but yeah, for some reason it doesn't seem to come together. They don't seem on to, the pitch. No, And again, just, it seems to be an issue with, you know, two players. Cavani, again, kind of being pushed to the side by uh, one player whose who's ego matches Ibrahimovic's <laughs> uh, and Mbappe, who I, you and I disagree on this. I actually think he's a very exciting young talent who could. I'm not convinced yet. I'm not convinced. I mean, uh, let's have this conversation five years from now. I think I think that's fair. There are yeah. a lot of other young players out there yeah. that are performing very, very well. well right now. Yeah, we might actually be in for a very exciting period of football coming up over the next five to ten years, even though Messi and Ronaldo might be starting to wind down. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, we like uh, they could still yeah. be there for the next five, at least five years. Uh, moving on to the Bundesliga, no surprises here. Dortmund uh, still on top, uh, six points over Bayern in second. Um, although they they have lost their first game in the league now. Nothing really new to talk about in, in Germany. Uh, <laughs> Aside from uh, uh, Ribery's stake uh, uh, proclivities. Yeah. Which is like such a ridiculous soap opera, and you know what? Like, I, I I'm sorry, very of you don't know about this story. Uh, he basically ordered this uh, what, like five hundred dollars steak that apparently has a, has a golden glaze over it, and apparently all of these footballers order it, but apparently everybody kind of got on his case, and he kind of well, nobody ever, very few players, and it seems to be a very French player thing to do because Ben Mendy did it, yeah. uh, about a few days later. Um, most of the players just get a steak from this guy. Now, this guy, like, I've seen him on Instagram. It looks like he makes pretty good steak. It all looks pretty damn good. Uh, and congratulations for turning yourself into a celebrity. Uh, <laughs> but his response was like, you know, like it was basically to everybody, go F yourselves. You wish you could live my life and so on and so on. And something like F your mothers. And and it was like it was re- – and he, I think he got suspended or he was fined by the club. By Byron for this, and, and, and to be quite frank, this seems to be the only thing to, worth talking about right now in the Bundesliga, aside from Jaden Sancho. You know, uh, well, I'd say there's another exciting young talent, although he's at Bayern Munich, and he's gotten to play his first game in the in the Telecom Cup, which is like a offshoot cup that they yeah. play during their break, uh, and that's Alfonso Davies got uh, got his first run out. At Bayern in in the in the final actually, uh, and from everything that we've been able to see, played very well. Um, what about? Uh, I had a question uh, uh, concerning um, Pulisic 
because he refer he he wants to be called Pulisic and not Pulisic. Um, what do you think of this move to Chelsea? So uh, I've spoken to some Chelsea fans about it, um, specifically about Sari's comments, where apparently the board asked him two months before the transfer window uh, what he thought what he thought of him, and he said oh, he's a good player. But Sari had absolutely no role in in buying him. Uh, you're you're going to a team that that has strong wingers already. Like what? Like yes, Willian and Pedro are getting older, but there are some very strong English players in that team that I rate higher than Pulisic, uh, specifically Callum Hudson-Odoi, uh, who's been starting to get more time under Sari uh, and is wanted by Bayern Munich, but Chelsea's not willing to sell. Mm-hmm. And for once, Chelsea seems to be playing their, their youth players, so it's, it's quite interesting. Do I think he'll do well there? Sure. Was he a Chelsea fan growing up? No, because I don't think many people, unless they're from that area, were Chelsea fans growing up. Uh, there are pictures of him uh, as a kid outside Old Trafford with with United kits on. Um, but as we know, loyalty doesn't really run super deep in this era of, uh, of football. Any any last comments with there for the Bundesliga? I want to see Dortmund win the championship. I actually think they might be the only team that can also challenge yeah. Juve in the Champions League. They're, they're a good team. Like, you know, like over two legs, that's not a team you want to be encountering, right? And, uh, yeah. But in a one-off. Yeah, we'll yeah see. you'll see. It's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, like everything seems to be kind of in a lull at this moment, except in England. Uh, but, uh, um, I, 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 you know, these things are kind of warming themselves up and uh, – I, January is going to be in January, February are going to be interesting months in these leagues. Uh, well, not not in Italy in the sense that, and not in France in the sense that we know who the, the what the outcome is going to be. But you know where other teams are going to end up positioning themselves. Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a team by team breakdown of the Premier League because let's face it, that's the league everybody gets to watch. <laughs> And welcome back. We're going to jump right in because uh, we know that there is a lot to talk about when it comes to the Premier League. How we'll do it, you're going to get our standings from 1 to 20, and we're going to give a little bit of news synopsis about each of the different teams there. Liverpool still sitting in first place. Uh, Man City handed them their first loss in in a very good game, although I think Liverpool fans will probably feel aggrieved that a one Vincent company was not sent off in that match. Julian, your thoughts on that tackle? Uh, I would have given the red card. I would have given him the red card. Um, by the way, that match was the only match I actually saw in uh, the Three Mariners pub in Lancaster. And uh, I just want to make a comment that the pub owner wants no football in his club uh, or his pub, and he doesn't want any TVs. But one of the employees had his phone, and there was like seven of us huddled around the phone watching the last 25 minutes of the match. And uh, from what I saw of it, it just looked very exciting. And I did see the tackle, and I really thought he should have have been sent off. And I think that that might have changed the complexion of the game. I Well, red cards always change the complexion of the game. Um, 
really, I have nothing else to say about Liverpool, to be honest. They're still playing as well as expected. They ended up losing to Wolves in, in the Cup. Yeah. Uh, which was like the highlight of the day for me. But um, let me comment about that, and let me ask you a question. First of all, I uh, I, I was actually surprised that they lost that game against uh, against uh, Wolves, and Liverpool fans will probably come back at me and say, well, you know, they played the second string. But on the strength of that second string, that was a good club on the field. And I would have thought that they would have performed better. If you expect to win trophies... You play your teams. Yeah. You and play you your clubs. Be, you need to be deep. Yeah, and and, and, and I was kind of disappointed. I think that, the, uh, the, you know, that uh, uh, Klopp's intensity didn't seem to translate onto the pitch. Uh, that's it. But I want to ask you a question. I mean, this ambivalence that you have to Liverpool, I mean, is it still born out of your connection to Maine United, or are you really trying to be as objective as you possibly Always. can? Always. If you ask any... So any Manchester United supporter will say... Uh, and this comes from discussions on many different forum boards. Uh, we all were very happy to see Manchester City beat Liverpool. Um, wow. Yeah, it pained us to cheer for Aguero scoring a goal, uh, considering how he, he won the title at the like literally last kick of a game. So uh, the the big joke is that everybody should loan their best players to Manchester City right now so Liverpool doesn't win the title. The joke that I have is that so in the in, in the infamous year of Liverpool leading after the Christmas break and the even more infamous slip by Steven Gerrard, um, match day 34 was played against Chelsea. This season, Liverpool's leading after the Christmas break. Match day 34, they're playing Chelsea. Yeah. I know it's the superstitious stuff, but it is sport. Those things do exist. I'm going to say something, and I think uh, Liverpool fans are not going to say this. I said this earlier. I said even when they were up eight points or nine points, what what was it, eight or nine points, I still didn't think that that Liverpool looked to me like the team that they – we're going to win, are going to win the premiership. I still think that they can be overtaken by Man City. Uh, Man City, just, I mean, based on yesterday's result, they look angry. They look like they have a ver- like a real chip on their shoulder and something to prove. I mean, for crying out loud, these guys are averaging three goals a game. And uh, their goals are, are all, like, you know, just beautiful. Uh, and um, Would you I, say that this translates from Pep? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Pep, Pep has a single-mindedness about him that you, you can refer to as being just out-and-out out obsession. Uh, and I think that, uh, uh, I, I mean, it's still four points. That's a that's that's quite a bit to overcome. Um, but I think, you know, now it's going to be a race, right? And uh, if we look at the schedules, uh, you know, and uh, De Bruyne is coming back from, from City. Uh, it, it will remain to be seen uh, how well he comes back if he kind of slides into form or he doesn't. But does it even matter? Bernardo Silva has just filled that role. I mean, right now, I'd have to say that if I had to choose one of my favorite players in the world, I would have to be Bernardo Silva. I just think the guy's a joy to watch, watch playing. 
I wanted to ask you, so you said you got to see half of that match between Liverpool and City. Did you see the goal line clearance by yeah. by Stones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those types of things are things that turn seasons around. around. And, and uh, I mean, I also saw something too, which kind of, I, you, know, you know, this is where I have my little doubts, okay? I still cannot understand uh, uh, our, our boy Sterling. Okay, uh, because it just it just seems to me that this guy has extraordinary skill, extraordinary pace, but yet he can't put the ball in the net. Uh, even towards the end, they, you know, they could have finished him, and he missed like a, like a howler. It was unbelievable. Yeah, two or two or three sitters. Uh, because we've talked about City, let's move on to third place Tottenham. Um, we're not going to get into the match because we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we come down to Manchester United. Uh, Tottenham sitting nine points back now, probably out of the title race at this point. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 you know, you can hope, right? Um, but, I, like, they, they, um, they look a little tired. Uh, they don't have the depth. Well, and it's, it's good that you bring up depth, Harry Kane, is injured. The injured he's yeah. going to be out for a little while now. So yeah, and, and, and Son, Son is in is in uh, the Asian Cup. Uh, so their only know, striker left is Llorente, who yeah. has not performed well. And I, I don't I don't see him performing well. I mean, the club is playing phenomenally good football. I mean, they're probably one of the most consistent clubs in the world right now. Uh, if you actually take their record from like midway point of last season to now, they're one of the most uh, uh, successful clubs out there. I don't know. I just don't know about this team. I, there's something about them that really doesn't sit right with me. And yet, at the same time, I desperately want them to, to succeed. Um, I love Pochettino. I love him as a coach. Uh, the things that I've read about him, he's a player's coach. He's extraordinarily patient. He uh, focuses on, on lifting players as opposed to, to making them feel rotten when they make mistakes. Um he seems to be one of the classiest guys in football today. So I kind of want to see him succeed because I'd like to see him stay there. And I'd like to see the ownership put some money into this club and actually turn them into another real serious contender. But none of this is going to happen. I, I see them finishing in third place and, just, you know, a benign third place, you know. I have, I'm predicting them to spurs it a little bit, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah. I mean, they still got Erickson, and that guy is just a tremendous talent. Uh, moving on to Chelsea in fourth place, uh, one point back of Tottenham. Nothing really exciting there other than, like, the curious case of Alvaro Morata, oh. who uh, – what happened? I don't know. Uh, do you remember Do you remember a couple of years ago? At how, Yeah, and how I kept saying that this guy, I would pay anything to have him on my team, that this guy would be an extraordinary addition to anybody uh, to any team that he plays with. And all of a sudden he seems to have just kind of like just lost his form. He seems he seems to lack any sort of confidence. You can even see it when he goes down. Like it's in his face. It's like you can see the expression in his face. But what I'm concerned about when it comes to Chelsea, why are they panicking? This is what I'd like to know. For them to be where they are in the table, in fourth place, considering how late to the game Sarri came, the fact that he never got any of the players he wanted aside from Jorginho, okay? He, this club, to me, is really 
outperformed its expectations at the beginning of the year. If you would have told me at the beginning of the year, where did you think Chelsea would end up? I would have thought easily seventh, sixth place. Fourth place, and the way that they're playing, uh, they look great, but there's a sense of panic. Uh, if you're following, the, especially the Italian press, because they seem to have kind of taken Sarri on as a hero. Well, in the same way they did with Conte. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's 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 freaking out. He wants players. He's there's this big uh, rumor that you know that he wants to swing Higuain over there, and uh, they can't seem to organize uh, the transfer funds. And uh, you know, Juve. Uh, I think I think uh, you know watching Paolo Bandini today on ESPN uh, FC on on TSN, which is something we have to talk about by the way at some point. Another episode. Yeah, um, TSN, get your shit together, really. Uh, but anyways, um, you know, Bandini says that Juve are happy to let him go as long as they get the money for him because he was using up a lot of space in terms of uh, salary. I don't know where Milan is getting the money to to, to afford him. Uh, he, he's had uh, perhaps one of the worst seasons he's ever had in City A, and uh, you know he he would be he'd be a really good addition for for Chelsea. But um, I don't I don't get I don't get why Chelsea is freaking out the way they are. And this would be a good segue to go into Arsenal because again all of this hoopla again around Arsenal should Ozil. Get rid of Ozil, and we'll, we'll t- I'd like to talk about that a little bit more. But also Arsenal, fifth place in the table. You were the only guy who called them, called it this year for them to be. And I, I think that's another team that's really outperformed its expectations. Uh, They've fallen off a little bit more bit, recently, yeah. although their strikers are still scoring goals. But I think uh, Torreira, Torreira adjusted really quickly. Um, but I think he started to find a little bit uh, difficulty. In, in the league, um, they they were soundly beaten, even though it was one nil by West Ham. Yeah, right? but we're going to get into them in a second. But I want to I want to say something to you about about uh, Mesut Ozil. I mean, uh, this guy is toxic. I think the, I don't think he's toxic. I just think the game the game is not suited to his particular set of skills anymore because he is and was a very Good player. Well, I'll put this to you. This is a guy. What he's making? What two hundred and sixty-five thousand something euros a week? Sure. Okay. He is considered one of the premier talents. You know, people will refer to him as maybe being one of the top ten for sure. Top ten, maybe top five in the world. Do you see the Real Madrid's coming back from? Do you see the Barcelona's calling him? Do you see the Juventuses? Do you see the Bayern Munichs? Is anybody? No, because I don't think he fits a system. Yeah. I don't think he fits because the game is systems based now. I really just don't think he fits particularly well into the current system style that teams are playing. So then, who is the idiot who signed a five-year contract with him at Arsenal? Well, that he's no longer the coach at Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's so. that. And I mean, like you, you spend two hundred sixty-five. A thousand euros a week. You build a team around somebody like that, and uh, wow! I mean, Emery has basically shut him out, and I, I don't see this guy breaking into the first team. Nope. Uh, moving on to everybody's favorite soap opera. Seems we're in like a happy go time now. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United, uh, sixth place, tied with Arsenal. Uh, they were eleven points back of them uh, three weeks ago. 
Yeah, three and weeks ago, about six weeks ago, we were actually talking about doing a roundtable on this club uh, uh, with all, all the Man Manchester United supporters. And everything has changed. And everything has changed. I mean, uh, I landed in Manchester, literally landed in Manchester. I, I kid you not. I get off the plane. I walk down to the train station, which is about, I'd say, about maybe 800 meters. Okay. I get on the train. I sit down. And it's about nine in the morning, and I look over at the phone and the guy beside me, and I see the Guardian, Mourinho fired, okay? And uh, it was unbelievable. Everybody in Manchester was, like, happier than a pig in shit that he was gone, okay? And uh, what a change. What a change. I mean, and not only, like, what a change. I mean, okay, they seem to have these big problems in defense. I would even go so far to say that the defense could be shambolic, but they've won. Yeah, but they've won in despite this, and they've won six in the league. Six, well, six in a row. Six, six in a row total. in the league, or is it, or is it seven in a row? Considering because um, they've won five in the league, right? Five in the league, and then Reading in the FA Cup. And then Reading in the FA Cup. So it's six in a row, and uh, wow, what a change! I actually yesterday, uh, two days, the match two days ago. Was a, was a great match to watch. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The first half, uh, I think, was uh, a tactical masterclass by, I think, where a lot of people thought that Ole was going to fail was, was the tactics side. Um, but uh, the way that he played Lingard as a false nine uh, against the the midfield diamond of Tottenham was brilliant. Completely negated how Puck had set Tottenham and Tottenham out in the first half, and I think you were very surprised by that. Um, I, well, I mean, what, what was unbelievable was um, how do I say this? Um, <laughs> that either team did not score multiple goals the way that they played. Um, I thought that uh, there were moments where United's defense looked like very, very, very decrepit, okay? And, uh, but the ball didn't go in the net. And then there were times when the counterattack by United, and they looked like they could have scored two or three goals themselves. I think that's and fair. De Gea, like, that has to be one of the best goaltending performances I've ever seen. The second best performance only matched by his 14 saves after they had gone down to 10 men against Arsenal. It was either last year or two years ago. Well, I mean, well, to me, what, what, what was incredible about it was everybody just thinks that uh, it, it looked like there were really crappy, uh, um, real crappy there were easy saves. saves. But the fact of the matter is, and I think uh, Ben Foster tweeted this just this uh, this morning or yesterday, was that give the guy credit for for having the presence of mind, and I think that's exactly it. This goaltender is so good; he actually knows where to position himself. And not only that, all of those saves he could have gambled by going to the ground, and instead he always waited the player out to the last minute, and it looked like he had minimal effort. I look, I was really impressed with those. That's a six-point game, okay. And uh, uh, in those six points, those are—that's uh, his six points. He gave United six points in in that match. So I want to make a couple comments because you you commented on the defense, and while I agree with you, they're not very good. Um, if you look at 
like some of the shots absolutely were for De Gea. But if you look at where some of the shots also came from when Manchester United was choosing to defend, they had pushed them out wide. They were not getting great shot selection at the same time. So I think you you have to give a little bit of credit in that. I know you're a big fan of Luke Shaw in, in this situation, especially, um, and the growth that he's shown. The other thing I want to say is remind our listeners who's, who I picked to be the manager when Ferguson retired. It was Sol- Solskjaer. You said it back then. Yeah, it was either him or Ryan Giggs. I remember precisely you saying it was either it has to be either. And I actually agree with you on this that that it should have been kept within the legacy, uh, and uh, they should have like taken time with these guys. You know? Now, now does I think Solskjaer deserves a good amount of credit, but there's one other guy that's back at the club now that deserves Phelan. a bulk of the credit, Phelan. and it's Mike Phelan. Yeah. David Moyes, if David Moyes had kept him on the coaching team. David Moyes would probably David, still be there. He's probably still the manager and may have won the league once. I want to ask you a question, okay? Harris Mourinho in this match on Sunday. Do you guys win one nothing? No, we would have lost. Yeah. We would actually probably be behind Watford in yeah. seventh right now. Yeah, I mean, like, you just don't, you just didn't see the gumption in Mourinho to go forward. And, mm-hmm. like, with these guys, they might have problems in the back, but they're still going forward. Well, and that's the yeah. thing. You look at, and I think the, the best example of it, although I think I think he still is a bit of a problem, is, is Paul Pogba. Well, I mean, he's just undisciplined in the sense that he still hangs on to the ball too much. But, um, you know, the, the pass he hit to Rashford is... it, was, it was amazing. But but I would say that, that you know, there was, a, there was a mistake that he capitalized. You kind of expect a player of that caliber to do that. For me, Paul Pogba is a monster talent who is not maturing properly. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, he just he has to give that that he has to hang on to that ball that extra three seconds longer because he has to slalom through everybody and he might get by the first one or two players but then after that the game is different now you know you're not going to be able to slalom through you're going to be swarmed by three or four guys there's only one player in the world that can run through that many players right now yeah and that's that's messy and and even 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 they're getting wise to him um there is a, one more thing i want to say about united Breaks my heart to see Romelu Lukaku, like just his confidence is just shattered. Mourinho just about destroyed five or six of the world's so, greatest players. Listen, so he scored three, like he scored three and three coming off the bench. Yeah. I actually think uh, him coming off the bench uh, reminds me a lot of of old school Manchester United. You, you score the goals, then you bring on the big striker, striker that can hold the ball up. Yeah, but look, let, let, let's be clear here, okay? We now know who the problem was. Okay, uh, look at the look. I at, have to admit, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, you have. Yeah, look, you you you, got, you now know who the problem was. Uh, I mean, the guy uh, he may be one of the greatest football minds, and I still consider him to be one of the greatest football minds ever. Uh, I I actually love his tactics, uh, but he as a personality, and personalities count. You know what I mean? Because he he like look at Marcus Marcus Rashford. I mean, this guy is playing. Like as if he was been reborn, and uh, he another guy, his confidence destroyed. Martial confidence destroyed. Valencia is not going to recover from this. 
Uh, well, Valencia was injured. Valencia, Valencia is still the captain. Solskjaer has said he's still the captain, but I think the issue there is um, he's just had a run of really bad injuries yeah. and just isn't going to get back to the team. The player you brought up, Ozil, making two hundred thirty-five thousand euro a week. We have a much bigger ink blot at, at United in Alexis Sanchez. Yeah, but I, I also think different coach, different outcome. And I really, we'll see, I really we'll believe see. that. Yeah. Again, injured. We'll see. Uh, what but yeah, he's injured. But also, it takes a lot. For, and 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 this is a testament to to Solskjaer's, uh, um, I think, coaching capabilities. It takes a lot to bring back confidence like this and really fast. I mean, this is a bounce, fine five game bounce. But I got to be honest with you. As much as I've always kind of had an antipathy towards Manchester United. I don't see them taking their, their foot off the gas for the rest of the season. Oh, and there's one other player that I think he's done wonders for, and it's uh, it's Andrew Herrera, yeah. who's getting on the pitch now instead of that Fellaini player who, yeah. big rumors, is he's going to be gone very soon. Well, thank, I mean, just, yeah, just a, a few more. Uh, 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 like, you, 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 you put Fellaini on in the case instead of Pogba. I mean, that's just – that's got to tell you what's going on there. But, I mean, I know I know we have – like, we could go on for days, but yep. I just want to kind of keep inserting a few more little things in here um, uh, with regards to kind of uh, the, the way Man United uh, look. I actually think even though how many points – how many points for them to get into the top four? Six. Yeah. I, Seven I, behind Tottenham. Yeah, I, I think I, – I, I, I don't think they finished third, but I think the way that they're playing, if they can keep this form up, I think I, I can see them getting the Champions League spot. Um, the other thing I was going to say is I also think that next year is going to be the year where things are going to be turned around because you got some assets on this team that once they're unloaded, you can actually start to buy the players that you want. Yeah, and I know we disagree on who the man, next manager should be, um, but we'll save that for another. No, I, another I think we issue. should talk about it. I well, think we should talk about it. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think Pochettino – I should be given the chance. I don't want, and, and the reason why I say this is because I don't want Puck to end up at Real Madrid because I don't think he's going to stay at Tottenham because he's already kind of put out his feelers and we know that Tottenham doesn't have the money now that they bought this new stadium. They're not going to give him the, 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 the blank check that he really needs to build a, 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 an elite club. So this is the guy. This is the guy. And, and, and I think, but here's the thing. This is what I said to you over the phone the other day. You got to kind of hope that Solskjaer does well, but not so well that they keep him next year. See, and I, I disagree. I would, I would give him a, I, I would give him a full season uh, if, if he indeed earns it. I don't think you can say no. We, we learned what has happened when institutional history has been removed from the club, um, and that in of itself is incredibly important. Manchester United finding its roots again. I'm going to throw this out there. And, and I know we're, we're laboring this Manchester United thing, but I think Puck comes, Kane, Erickson, or Son, or one of those players comes with him. Okay? Because you, you know that's going to happen. Because they're not going to be able to hang on to these guys. And that's, what, that's, that's the kind of marquee stuff you guys are going to need. To get back to where you belong, I'm gonna and and so and, and Solskjaer, just a, the opposite side of this coin is this: Solskjaer, yes, great job, and he probably can do the job, but he has he in his time in Cardiff, 
He bought some real duds. So, like, the guys that he's going to purchase and the connection he has to to bring in the players is not as good as, say, Pocatino's. So, two things I'm going to say to that, and then we're going to move on. That's an easy fix, is you bring in a director of football who has experience in it, and you bring in, like, Vander... Easier said than done. Look at what Vandersar's done at Ajax. Yeah. Or you... Again, I'm going more of the institutional memory side of it. The the second half uh, of that is, um, based on how well Marcus Rashford is playing as a striker, I wouldn't bring in Harry Kane because he's older and he's injury prone. Second point to that, I don't bring in, I don't bring in Son because I don't think he, I don't think it would work. Erickson, the problem with bringing in Erickson is you relegate Pogba to playing in a defensive midfield role and. We all know, yeah, but he can't do it. I, I, I think Pochettino comes in, and uh, you get to see. I, I, I get to, buy get some to see defenders. We don't, we don't need attacking yeah. players anymore. There are uh, more than again. enough. We'll take some defenders. Uh, Moving on to Watford, okay, uh, dropping down to seventh place, uh, a nine-point gap between them and Manchester United. Although Watford's been playing well, um, one of the more exciting talents at that team, former Barca player uh, De La Feu. Well, I mean, uh, I think what we've all been waiting for. But Delafeu should actually be somewhere else. He's well, he's, he, he's wasted there. Uh, but uh, I guess Watford is part of that Portuguese revolution, right? A little um, bit, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, um, if they if they stay within one or two positions of where they are, yeah, man, they're going. They'll be happy. Yeah, they should be happy. Yep. Uh, Leicester City sitting in eighth on thirty-one points. Uh, a lot of talk that Claude Puel uh, might be on his way out. Apparently the fans don't like him. The players don't like him. I don't get a very this. similar issue yeah. that happened at Southampton. These guys are kick are, 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 are kicking a what is it? What is it? Kissing or kicking a uh, punching a gift horse in the mouth or something yeah. like that. Looking, I, yeah. yeah, I don't understand this. I just don't understand this. Like uh, the, the, the Leicester, uh, like they're shooting themselves in the foot if they get rid of Puel. I mean, you need continuity here. And he hasn't done a bad job with where they are, you know. Uh, moving down, your I think one of your favorite mid-table clubs right now in ninth, uh, West Ham. Listen, I had high hopes when when, when Pellegrini uh, Pellegrini came in. Uh, this is a club look. I mean, despite the fact that their fans can be thuggish and brutish, and my apologies to Andrew Boyd out there. But I think that uh, um, I think. They're, they're a historic club. They should be up higher. And I want to see them succeed. And uh, Pellegrini's done some interesting things there. And, I, and I'll tell you something. That's the guy I would have liked to have seen take over AC Milan, to be quite honest with you. And uh, I, I, I think if they stick with him and uh, he can secure some uh, interesting signings, I think uh, West Ham will, will be back. They, they might win the Everton Cup. Speaking of Everton, sitting in 10th place, uh, yeah. mid-table mediocrity, uh, a team Under, that spent a lot of money in the last few years. Underachieving, man. And, and rumor is they're building a new stadium. And that's the rumor. They're going to be building a new stadium. So they've got plans, obviously, but I, not like the way they're playing. Like, they're underachieving. 
I'm so, I think they might be the most underachieving club in the league. Right yeah, now. and 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 they've got they've got a marquee player in uh, I, uh, the Icelandic. Uh, Gilfie yeah. Sigurdsson. Yeah, they've got a lot of good players. They've got Gomes on loan from Barca. They've got Digne. Yeah, um, they're they have a good and Jordan Pickford is a great keeper, although seems to be very prone to mistakes. Uh, moving on, I think your a club we expected, I think, to be higher up the table, uh, Wolves. They're ambitious, and uh, if they if they finish where they are, they should be happy. I think they should consider this a success. It's very hard to make uh, uh, a jump that quickly, that quickly. But uh, I, I I hope they still stay on 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 uh, the blueprint that uh, that has been set out for them by their manager. And I can see them. I could see them uh, being another a team next year to watch. Now next year, that's an interesting comment. Uh, Seeing as the Theresa May deal in Parliament was voted down today, uh, the Premiership will be facing a very hard Brexit, uh, which would mean Wolves, with all of their Portuguese players, having to leave, putting them in, probably putting them in very significant trouble. Um, so again, it will be interesting to see if they even get the opportunity to, to do the second level of this project that they've started. Uh, 12th place, Burnemouth. Bit of a streak on the way down, but uh, this has been their story every year in the Premiership. Yeah, Burnemouth is just one of those teams that should be, uh, they, they, like, you know, if you watch Sunderland Till I Die, one of the things that keeps coming up is we spent 10 consecutive years in the Premiership, and that was a big deal for them. Burnemouth is a small club. Uh, uh, it doesn't have the resources. Uh I would be very happy for them if the season finished and they ended up where they are now. They should they should also consider that a success. I don't think they're going to go much further. No. I, I think uh, if they're not careful, they're going to slide into relegation uh, issues. Quite possible. Uh, moving on, 13th, Brighton. Uh, Chris big surprise. Still, I, and you know what? I, love, we, I think we both love Chris Houghton as a manager. Yeah, big surprise. This is a guy who's got to get a job somewhere else after. At some point, this guy's got to be promoted. Uh, there's all this English talent at manager level. And, uh, you know, this is the thing with the big clubs. If they don't have a, a marquee foreigner uh, for some reason, they, they think uh, it, it, it's a bad sign. Give this guy a chance. I mean, he's doing marvelous things with Brighton. I mean, the fact that they're not fighting for – they're not in, in, in the relegation zone. Not yet. Yeah. Right? Uh, close. Close. It, it is, it, at Christmas, they should, be, uh, they should be happy with this. Uh, another disappointing team, 14th place, Crystal Palace, three what? points out of the, or sorry, four points out of the relegation battle. On paper, this team should be about three or four places higher than where they are. Yeah, they, have a, they have a good team. Uh, there's, there's, there's probably some weird culture that's going on over there. Whoa. I will prefer to keep my comments closed on yeah. this one. Out the, of they didn't, you know, like, they, 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 uh, I, I like Roy. I like Roy. I think Roy is he's a, a football guy. He knows. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a, he's a drills guy. You know, I don't think he can manage big stars, but I think he knows how to get the best well, out of players. He was he was the manager at Fulham, yeah. right? When Fulham went to the Europa League final. Yeah, man, and he also coached uh, Inter Milan, uh, and he made it to the UEFA Cup final. They lost to Schalke. Uh, uh, the guy coached Switzerland in the 1994 World Cup, and they played very very well. It's very rare that an Englishman yeah. goes abroad and does in these days yeah. yeah and he's uh you know I, I but he you know I, there's something wrong there uh and uh i see them slipping into the battle sooner than later yep uh also in the battle right now burnley 
uh, after a pretty successful season last year. I just don't think they they don't have a, a real goal scoring threat no, that I um, think is their problem. The fellow that we watched the match with at um, the uh, at uh, the Three Mariners in Lancaster uh, was a Burnley fan, out and out Burnley fan, and I asked him about this, and I says, "What's the problem this year?" And he was adamant that the UEFA Cup was a big distraction for them. And uh, it burned them out because it burned them out. And uh, you can see, right, with uh, these small clubs, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it, you know. And, uh, you know, competing uh, in, in an inter- uh, on uh, a continental or international tournament is tough. And then yeah. trying to keep stay in the premiership, you know, especially when you only got like nine guys. Yeah. You know? Now, it's, it's hard to say about a team that's in 16th, but a team on the up, Southampton. Well, big surprise there, man. I mean, I'm not surprised. Mark Hughes is gone. Any team will find immediate success once you fire him. You'd be better off not having a manager. But this guy goes in those group of managers him, Pardew, Big Sam. Like, enough is enough. Big Sam at least saves clubs from relegation. Well, he did that a couple of times. He hasn't done that lately. It's in, in this in this business, it's what have you done for me lately? Fair enough. These guys belong in the championship. and uh, uh, I would even go yeah. so far as to say they might not even belong. Yeah, there and, uh, and uh, you know, uh, this new manager has done wonders, and uh, they should be grateful. Uh, moving on, uh, Cardiff City. I know you have some. <laughs> I know you have some comments on their uh, on their manager Neil Warnick. Warnick's an idiot. Let's just say Warnick's an idiot. Okay, I mean his style is uh, is unattractive. The football is rubbish. Uh, they win uh, ugly. Uh, uh, and, and and who do they win against? You know what I mean? Teams of their stature. Uh, to be honest with you, I want to see them go down. I mean, precisely because Warnick is there. And another guy, you know, another guy who belongs in that heap with Sam and Pardew and, and Hughes. Fair enough. He's, you know. Uh, on, to, uh, on to Newcastle in the relegation place uh, this, in the 18th. This, after watching that documentary on Bobby Robson, uh, you know, I, I always have a little bit of a soft spot. For, uh, for the yeah, yeah, but uh, and and you know you know how I feel about Benitez. I think he's one of the best football managers out there. This guy is keeping a team that should be in, in the mid table in the championship in the Premiership. So I think this will be the first time that you disagree with comments from Rio Ferdinand because you have been a bit of a fan of him. Oh, recently. I, I, I've, I've turned my I turned it around. So recently, he said that if 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 Benitez wants more players, he should spend his own money. Well, that's bullshit. He's wrong. He's just wrong. Look, they've got the worst next to Blackpool, okay, which might be the worst ownership in the history of football ever. I, I don't. I can't think Ooh, of a team. Portsmouth. Portsmouth's ownership was really the Rangers. Bad. Rangers. Uh, How you make a team like that go into administration, administration like yeah, that? That's uh, fair. Yeah. And don't forget uh, uh, the son of a bitch, Moji at uh, at Juventus, uh, the criminal who basically where, where where Juventus should have ended up in Serie C. Well, uh, uh, at that time, but n- naysayers will argue at least they yeah, still fuck them. at least they still won. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck them. That's what I got to say. But uh, you know, uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, and if you watch the documentary. You'll see that Robson 
even though the team, uh, they what they finished, they, they got into the Champions League. They actually beat Barcelona. He laid a blueprint for that club to go forward. And the new ownership came in and just basically shit on everything that that, that man did. And the reason why this club is, is, is such a joke is precisely because of their ownership. Not because of their players, not because of their manager, but because of their ownership. And I wish Newcastle... Uh, would give because these guys are hardcore football fans. Okay, the Jordies support their club like no one else. Okay, and uh, they deserve better than what they're getting. That's all I got to say. Nineteenth uh, place, yeah. Newcastle. Or sorry, just said Newcastle. Nineteenth place, Fulham. <laughs> I think they're going to be. You know, relegated. this is my club, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I no, do they're, think, they're they're done. I think it's it's disappointing because I think that they. They, they're going to lose a lot of players going back into the championship next year. It's going to be difficult for them. Um, what do you think, uh, poor Ranieri? You think he made a mistake taking this club? Yeah, I, I would I would say so. Um, I literally thought he would save them. Uh, I, I, I wanted to believe. Now, listen, there are a lot of teams that are on the way down. They're... They're only five points out. Uh, it is possible that they can still rescue themselves, but uh, they're really going to have to find another three or four gears if they want to get uh, if they want to stay in the premiership. And then, lastly, uh, sad to say, Huddersfeld sitting in uh, in twentieth. Uh, Wagner has chosen. He's resigned. To, yeah, yes, he resigned. And I, I, you know what? Fair. Yeah, but good on you. I I, I I understand. But the captain should also go down with the ship. I agree. Like you know, like you make a commitment. Like we know that professional sports, uh, you know, nobody's obliged to this. But we like to believe that in football, you know, you still will have a kind of connection to clubs and so on and so on and so forth. This kind of like you know romantic notion that you know you play when you're when you're with the club, you play for the crest, right? And uh, yeah, obviously Huddersfield is just not gonna cut, cut it, and uh, it's sad to see them. I, I think that's, I think that's the, the teams. If, if I'm gonna pick right now, that are gonna go down, in my opinion, it's gonna be Huddersfield, Cardiff, and Fulham. I think I, I would actually looking at it right now. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. Um, so that kind of wraps up the premiership. Was there any last comments you had to make about them? I'm really enjoying the premiership this year. Uh, uh, more than any league, uh, it just seems to me to be, um, I, and I'm loath to say it, you know, I used to be a real partisan of the Italian uh, league uh, in the 90s and the early part of 2000. It was, uh, it, to me, there it was, there was a high water mark of football. Uh, I still think that the 90s, uh, uh, the late 80s, right up until about 2005, uh, in, in, until Calciopoli was Italy was second to no one. I think the premiership has taken that. And, and let's be honest, it's because of the money, the money that's there. But for the longest time, there was a lot of money in the premiership, and we saw a lot of shitty football. And we would see the championship vacillate between two maybe three teams. Now, it's still the same cast of characters, but there's some flavor here, you know, and it's kind of spicy and the football is interesting and the and the storylines are interesting and the players that are coming up, you know. Like one of the things that nobody really talks about much is this kind of Portuguese revolution 
that's kind of like inserted itself into the premiership with their managers. I mean, we can also talk about the Italian revolution is there. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, you see all of these great things coming out of the league and uh, I, I'm just enjoying it. And I hope it goes on for a long time. Yep. Uh, that brings us to our weekly check on leads. Yeah, man. Comments on this Bielsa accusation of cheating. Cheating. Where does this bullshit come up in cheating? You know, man, there, there are stories after stories after stories after stories in every league and every club where players have signed spies and so on and so on and so forth. Oh, poisoned food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you know, like Mourinho in a hamper. You know, being thrown in a laundry hamper to give instructions. Uh, uh, Argentina drugging the bottle, the water bottles of Brazil uh, in uh, Italian 1990. I mean, this this is all part of the game. This this kind of like you know, it's very in like I'm loath to say it, but this is a very English. Like they're being very Englishly stereotypical in this. Well, this kind like, of like you know, we have this. Honor code and everyone it. You know, I remember David Beckham going on after the 1998 World Cup and referring to the Argentine players as, well, we're not as cunning as they are. I mean, David Beckham and also, you know, you Liverpool fans there with Mr. Gerard, you know, who also used to go on and on about it. Take a you take a a a, a a a a browse across YouTube and go find all the diving uh, oh, uh, clips of 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 uh, guys from Beckham and Gerard. These guys were among the biggest divers out there, and then they want to talk about about other players. You know, shut up, you know, and put up. Uh, and like especially like I I'm gonna pick on Liverpool a little bit here. Salah's dived for two penalties now, although some will say yeah. it's only been one. Players have been suspended for 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 worse. It's part of the game. Yeah, it's part of the game. Get over this bullshit that you know that diving is cheating and it's part of the game. It's like you know, like let's let's take for example in Italy. Okay, you know these guys. You know the 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 referees have always always had this history of picking sides with teams. I mean, this is the country where the Cosa Nostra exists. Do you think one referee is going to be immune from freaking taking bribes? I mean, the best you can hope for, guys, uh, uh, you know, is that you break even at the end of the game. And you enjoy the match. And you enjoy the match. And I mean, you know what? I'll tell you something. If I was the manager of any football club, I'd do the same thing. I would have spies situated at every club in my division. You know what I mean? And I have them report back to me. So uh, before we close up, I just want to let you all know that we have a very exciting show coming to you at, uh, at the end of this week. Uh, Julian, you want to fill everybody in on what that's going to be about? Well, we're not exactly sure what we're fully getting, but we know that we're getting we're we're, we're doing a special on women in football, and um, we hope that we're not kind of ghettoizing the subject because um, football, women's football, has traveled an extraordinary distance in just the last 10 years. And it is great. It is not just good. It is great. And it's exciting to see that professional leagues are popping up all over Europe. And um, 
I'm really excited about the Women's World Cup this summer. And, uh, you know, we hope to make this uh, uh, an ongoing thing. Uh, uh, not just that we ghettoize it to, like, you know, a special every third week. We hope that next season that we basically have a segment uh, where we talk about the, the well, women's leagues every week. I have been commenting on the women's leagues. Yes, again. yeah. The Manchester United women absolutely. Well, well you're being a homer there. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? We, we, fair you enough, know, fair we, enough. You know, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to try to uh, – um, we're hoping uh, that, you know, we kind of start a dialogue – uh, you know, we have we, we have no uh, delusions. You know, we we don't we don't have a great influence on the world of football, but we want to do our part. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, look, uh, last time I checked, uh, this world is populated half by men and half by women. And uh, what do we talk about? We always talk about you know guys in football. This is a mistake. Uh, we're going to try to do our part to remedy this. So, and I think the the best part, and that I think all of you will be very excited to to hear, is that you won't be listening to me and Julian on this podcast, yeah, uh, at all. So we've handed over the reins to to Bridget, who you've all listened to previously during our World Cup pods. So uh, we definitely hope that uh, that you listen, you enjoy, and and give us the feedback. Uh, and if you have an idea for a pod and you think you would like to host one, by all means, we're, we're we are the facilitators of these discussions. Yeah, so. follow us on our on, on our Facebook page, follow us on our Twitter, and uh, please, you know, we really want to make this uh, a participatory pod. We've we've got a few things lined up for you uh, uh, where we'll be where we will be revealing just how serious we are about making this participatory. Um, we're going to be inviting some of our friends uh, on Facebook, and um, we hope to continue this trend uh, from here on in. And lastly, if you uh, if you want to take the time, please inundate Eric Cantona's inbox with links to our podcast. Yeah, because who would not want to listen to that man talk about football life? He, we might not even talk about football. We might ask him about his film career and philosophy. Yeah, as a matter of fact, tell your friends, man. Uh, we, we, we really want to make this, like I said, a people's pod. And uh, the more people that we get, the more ideas uh, uh, we're hoping to get, or good ideas. Um, and uh, at the same time, uh, uh, we don't want people to pay attention to us strictly because, you know, we like to kind of uh, bullshit our way around football. We want people to pay attention to us because – we would like to do something. We have, uh, uh, you know, we want to do something different. Uh, we have some guests lined up, and um, we're kind of we're, we're keeping them under our hat for now. But uh, just pay close attention over the next few weeks. There is one thing I do want to say. Uh, Steve and I kind of made a pact when we started this that we weren't going to be belligerent uh, to other uh, football. <laughs> broadcasters and uh, uh, pundits and so on and so forth. But we're really disappointed, and I think I'm being very mild, uh, with Canadian broadcasters and their inconsistency in, t in, in televising and broadcasting football matches on this side of the pond. I, mean, I think that TSN should be slapped on the wrist for this. Uh, we know that they have the resources, okay, and uh, this idea of having, you know, what is it, Sportsnet World 
where they price us all out from watching it, you know, is kind of a, is, um, is really disappointing. I mean, uh, take, for example, this Sunday's match between uh, Manchester United and uh, Tottenham Hotspur. That was probably one of the biggest matches on the calendar this year. And uh, we had to wait till five o'clock to watch it. You know what I mean? By then, everybody knows the results. Everybody's seen the highlight reels. You know, come on, guys. Start showing these matches live, okay? We don't need to see sports plays of the week anymore, you know? So maybe maybe that's another thing you guys can do is rifle off an email to these people and uh, tell them, you know, that it's time to put their money where their mouth is. Yeah, so that does it for us here today at Bella Huffman's Curse. Uh, we will be back next week with a, another review show for you. We'll talk to you soon.